And first, I would just like to um, introduce my co-hosts, um, Ed and Lucas. Then our um, guest today, Sam, who is the founder and chief investor at QuantBase, which is the first ever robot advisor for all things high risk. Um, QuantBase is in early innings, but has raised a 500K pre-seed and gotten 70 million US dollars in user commitments for its January um, 2022 launch. So uh, welcome to the show, Sam. And if you would like to add anything about your background or QuantBase, uh, uh, feel free to speak. Heck yeah. Thanks, Roger. Um, yeah, really excited to be here. Uh, big fan of Ed and uh, really wanted to meet the, uh, the Squiggly team. So uh, super happy to be here. Um, yeah, so a bit about me. I'm a college student uh, from the University of Virginia on a gap year. You know, we'll see uh, if that turns into college dropout based on how QuantBase goes in the next couple of semesters. So I come actually from a pretty deep value investing background. Uh, my first ever book on finance was uh, Graham's, Ben Graham's Security Analysis. Uh, and so for a long time, I subscribed to Warren Buffett's mindset, of, you know, buy super cheap value stocks uh, and go on from there. Uh, but a lot of things, I think, are happening in the financial space that make it seem to me like everything is uh, investable. It's like the, the global financialization of everything. And you really can't, obviously can't get alpha. You can't get like deep research into everything. And so really, I think the best you can do is get beta exposure uh, to, to all this stuff. And that's kind of the, the mindset that's driven me to build QuantBase. Essentially, what we're starting off with is high risk kind of is kind of beta exposure to high risk communities like Wall Street bets, as well as uh, like high risk assets like NFTs, cryptocurrencies, etc. And I guess the uh, the 10 year vision for QuantBase is to be really the, the vanguard for for everything. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, I think Ed might have some questions about crypto and NFT investment first. Um, so Ed, maybe you can start um, asking the questions. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for joining us today. Um, yeah. So obviously you've, you've created a couple of ETFs tracking uh, more traditional quantitative investment strategies, but also I've noticed that you're pretty active in the web three community. So would love Absolutely. to just just pick your brain a little bit about how we can start thinking about this new landscape from an investor perspective. Um, I have a couple questions, and I'll just um, I'll just start from the top. Um, the first one is I'd love to hear about your crypto strategy. I think the last time we talked, you mentioned interest in creating um, a couple of ETFs to track cryptocurrencies. Um, so the first part of that is why right. do we need a crypto ETF and how would you weight it? What coins would you include? And how should we think about indexing cryptocurrencies? Yeah, that's a really, really awesome question. And I'm super excited to talk about this. So essentially, the I'll, I'll tackle like, why do we need a crypto index first? Um, I guess the, the market reason for it is you want exposure to the crypto industry, right? You want or to crypto as an asset class. And I think we're seeing more and more uh, with like talk of the metaverse with like, uh, sandbox, uh, et cetera, being on like multiple chains. I think uh, Uniswap switched to Polygon uh, literally uh, a day or two ago. What we're seeing is the crypto universe is maturing a lot more and just getting Bitcoin, getting Ethereum, 
isn't giving you exposure to, to crypto as an asset class, just like getting Apple, Tesla, or, you know, Berkshire Hathaway isn't going to get you exposure to stocks as an asset class. So from that kind of, you know, academic, theoretical hedging perspective, it's to give you uh, exposure to crypto as an asset class. Secondly, and this is kind of what interests me a lot, uh, Bitcoin on a good day will, will, will pop, you know, 10, 15 percent, which is amazing, right? It's, it's one of the more, one of the most mature cryptocurrencies. But then you've also got like, currencies that are still in the top 30 or 40 coins that will, you know, maybe jump 200, 300% in a single day. And that's kind of the the magic of crypto. And I think it's for, uh, unless you're like mired in the space 24 seven, like kind of I am and like uh, you guys at Squiggly are, um, it's, it's hard to figure out what to, to get invested in. And so what a crypto index fund does is it, expands your exposure with uh like with relative ease and so for example one of the our flagship crypto funds is the crypto 30 so it exposes you to the top 30 currencies by market cap and so what that means is like your your 30th coin it's obviously not going to be a big chunk of the fund maybe one to two percent and so if that goes to zero like you know maybe some projects do in crypto it's not a huge effect on your uh, portfolio. But if it does what many small cryptocurrencies tend to do and like, you know, two, three, four X's in a day, that's awesome for your fund. Um, yeah, so uh, I can talk a little bit about, about our uh, crypto kind of index fund creation strategy. If you look at it from a market cap perspective, it's really not that exciting. Uh, like Bitcoin makes up like 56% of the, of the market cap of the top 30 uh, cryptocurrencies. Ethereum is another, you know, 25%. And the others take up less than like a tenth of a percentage point. Obviously, that's not what, what you're going for in a crypto index fund. So what we've done is we've created kind of a proprietary indexing strategy where we're overweighting some of the smaller coins based on, you know, some other factors like, uh, like volume and uh, just the trust of the coin uh, and then underweighting uh, your your top five uh, cryptocurrencies so that you do get like real exposure to some of the smaller ones. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it seems like there's really, really a need for the average investor to get into this crazy fast moving space. Um, the next question is probably on everyone's mind, which is how the heck do we think about meme coins um, I'm, I'm sure you've been following, I know Lucas and I have been pretty religiously, um, you know, Congressman Brad Sherman talking about the risk of crypto <laughs> being crypto itself. And he mentioned a non-existent mongoose coin <laughs> that day, the currency was created a community, a highly active community was created, a roadmap appeared overnight, and there seemed like there was actually a product being built. So how should we think about meme coins broadly? And um, I don't know, I guess, take this question wherever you want. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, and Ed, uh, you're an early investor in Mongoose Coin, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess meme coins are really where you, you where like indexing makes a lot of sense. Like, I think the you know by the nature of memes, like you never know what's gonna gonna pop off, uh, which one's gonna go to zero immediately, or which one's gonna like in the in the case of Shiba, you know, which one's gonna do like ninety or nine hundred thousand percent. Um, and so, an index which kind of uh, allays your exposure to a bunch of coins. 
just makes a lot of sense. So when I'm thinking about meme coins, I think I kind of subscribe to that mindset that, you know, there's not any cash flows coming from this. It's like, it's a joke. Uh, and like people are just, you know, throwing their money at something funny. But I think that that's like a valid, like, I, I think if you think about, if you think about them that way, and then your resulting mindset is they're going to fail. That's the wrong mindset. Like, I think you can think of it as a joke. And as just kind of like this, this funny thing, but at the same time, like understand that that's how crypto works. And that's like, that's what is working. Uh, I read this uh, article a couple of months ago about how somebody bought like this uh, Doge NFT, fractionalized it, and then sold like, like it fractionalized them into like 10,000 pieces and then sold each piece of that NFT uh, for more than uh, a 10,000th of the original price. And the reason that that took off was people thought it was funny. And so there's there's real alpha, there's real value in, in, in being funny. And I think the reason for that is you're connecting with other people. And like, that's kind of where the, the value in, in things like this are coming from. It's uh, kind of a tongue in cheek kind of, uh, uh, I mean, that, I guess that's the idea of a meme, right? You, you connect with other people, make funny things and have a good time. And now there's actual, you know, financial incentive to do so. Yeah, I think that's really interesting coming from your deep value background. Maybe that, you know, meme coins don't, it's not that they don't have any value, but rather the real value is in humor. And maybe that just makes community. Um, (laughs) So I guess the last question I have um, on kind of Web3 before I turn it over to to Roger to ask more um, general finance questions is like NFTs. Um, These are really interesting assets because on one hand you could think about them like art and art itself is an alternative asset class but at the same time these are projects that have roadmaps and teams so in a sense you're almost like betting on a startup and joining it at the same time so how do you think about nfts as an investment is it a right comparison to say that they are pieces of art to say that they are moving communities and companies overall how should we be thinking about and maybe valuing NFTs? Oh, yeah, I love that question. Uh, my kind of thinking on NFTs is still uh, developing. I've been in the space a lot shorter than a lot of other folks uh, since probably like uh, August or like July or August. Um, so the way I'm thinking about it is there's there's a formula for everything. And I think, uh, Ed, I'm sure you're familiar uh, in the in the stock space, the way that like companies are valued is based on like their uh, is the discounted value of their future cash flows, right? But that's just kind of the the story that investors have subscribed to, right? The idea that um, you know you and I as uh, equity investors value like believe this company is is worth a lot of money because we uh, assign value to to cash and want to invest in it now, but like. Um, with companies like Tesla, GameStop, uh, even AMC to an extent, you're assigning value not to their future cash flows. I don't think anybody thinks that like AMC is going to be making like going to be printing money uh, like Apple is in the next like five to ten years. But you're assigning value to to a story. You're assigning value to a community. Like you're willing to pay a premium to be a part of this community. And literally, that's exactly what um, 
what early kind of stages of NFTs are, right? Like the board ape, uh, like the BAYC, uh, you you buy an ape to be part of this exclusive community uh, because you get value from the interactions with the with the other humans uh, that are in that community. Um, I think there's a lot more going on with NFTs outside of art. Like, uh, I think from what I remember, like the uh, ENS domains and like Solana domains, they're a form of like non-fungibility in the sense that like when you, when you buy a domain, it's obviously non-fungible. Like you can't make other versions of that exact same domain. And I'm seeing so much, like so many super, super smart people working in the space that I'm really, really excited. The thing that worries me about NFT investing and like all the cool stuff that's going on with with NFTs is that I think SEC uh, uh, kind of regulation of the space is inevitable. I'm I, I come from a space that's highly regulated. Uh, Quantbase had to create like a an RIA that's an investment advisory firm because we're working with equities and because of the nature of our portfolios being high risk, it took quite a while. It took you know upwards of six months to get it off the ground. And right, like if somebody wanted to focus on just crypto and NFTs for what we're doing, they could get this off the ground in like in a week. Um, so what like what my thinking is, is that the SEC is going to be regulating this stuff, uh, you know, within the next uh, year or so. And I'm not really sure what's going to go on there. Like, I'm really uh, curious to follow the space. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, Sam, for the very detailed uh, information and analysis on the crypto and NFT market. Um, I guess next, uh, I just have a few more um, basic questions, maybe more representing like the um, average audience that might listen to this show um, later on. So, for example, let's say um, I'm just a college student or like a young professional who has, I don't know, let's say just one or two thousand bucks in a bank account. And if I go to the getquantbase.com, so what is the user experience going to look like? And I guess, how does it compare with other popular like retail investor platforms like Robinhood, maybe? Oh yeah, that's a really good question. And you know, while we were doing our uh, our investor pitches a couple months ago, we talked a lot about the competitive landscape. So I can kind of walk through that roadmap. the The kind of uh, platform or the landscape that we put ourselves on is the the footing with like Vanguard, uh, Titan, Ark Invest, uh, ET, like you know, certain ETF platforms, etc. So I'll start with uh, the the lowest risk platforms, and that's Vanguard, Schwab. Uh, your legacy ETF platforms, they're just, you know, they're behind the grain on a lot of this stuff, right? Crypto has been out for, for years. Vanguard still hasn't made a, still hasn't like, put, like gotten like a, a large position in the, in the crypto space. And I think it was Schwab that said that they aren't touching crypto uh, or like putting crypto uh, ETFs or et cetera on their platform for the, for the, uh, for the estimable future. And so they're clearly not the space for, for high risk and investors aren't going there to get exposure to anything high risk. Um, and then you think about uh, platforms like Betterment, Wealthfront, they're robo-advisors, but 
uh, we've made kind of uh, my partner and I have made accounts with the whole lot of them. And with Betterment, for example, the lowest risk thing you can or the highest risk uh, uh, fund you can get into out of the box is an 80-20 U.S. stock slash bonds portfolio. In terms of risk, that's like that's that's nothing, especially for somebody that's young and can take on a lot of risk. And then uh, Robinhood, you mentioned uh, retail brokerage platforms like Robinhood, eToro, et cetera. We think of them as a similar user base, but with a completely different value prop. With with Robinhood, they're almost increased. So with Quantbase, we're trying to tame, standardize high risk. With Robinhood uh, and the likes, it's almost like they're doing the opposite. They're trying to make it more chaotic because that's what makes the money. And with Robinhood, you pick your stocks. You pick, uh, you kind of have to, Think about what you want to buy. You can gamble. You can do like uh, low cost, you know, uh, DCAing into you know low cost ETFs, etc. Um, but with Quantbase, you pick your funds, you pick your strategies, and then you let the algorithms do the work for you. And then finally, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Titan, Ark Invest. They're like new age uh, ETF platforms, uh, portfolio robo advisors. It's really interesting. Uh, like we've gotten a lot of our inspiration for UI from Titan. Uh, you know, they only offer three funds and, uh, you know, they have like 20 to 30 stocks in them total. The, uh, the approach we're taking with Quantbase is very different. So right off the bat at launch, we're going to have about 20 funds. And those range from like a Wall Street bets tracking portfolio to a Nancy Pelosi kind of uh, tracking one, these fun gimmicky ones to much more buttoned up uh, portfolios. We have one called the single index leveraged in and out. It comes from uh, a really decorated paper and it's been back tested back to 1928. And it uh, has about like 19% annualized returns. And pretty much what it does is it jumps in and out based on an algorithmic signal uh, of the S&P 500 uh, and it, essentially where it gets its, uh, like why it's so uh, valuable is that in the bull market, it gets like uh, the S&P's returns, but leverage. And in a bear market, it like uh, it, it jumps out uh, and invests into either cash or uh, treasury tracking ETFs. And it's been, it's done quite well over the past uh, almost century. Um and so with Quantbase, we kind of think of ourselves as the platform where you can invest into whatever kind of strategy you want. Uh, going forward, we're looking to create like crypto index funds, uh, yield farming funds, NFT portfolios, and so on and so forth, right alongside our uh, equity funds, our algo trading ones, our quant ones, um, and so on. So you asked about the, the user experience. So... What we've seen uh, just from from speaking to users uh, and speaking to like just industry leaders is that especially in the business to consumer space, uh, retail investing space, UI and like the, the user experience is what matters almost the most. Right. Like that's what a lot of folks say is what got Robin Hood ahead. And so that's what we focused on, uh, like first and foremost it's making it really really easy to invest in quite complex uh to to execute strategies for example like the wall street bets tracking fund is pretty complex on the back end it try it like uh analyzes pretty much the entire wall street bets community uh for sentiment for for upvote count uh for like sentiment of the of, of the comments etc cetera, etc cetera. 
Uh, and we package that into a super, super easy to understand fund that you can just read it and understand exactly what's going on behind the hood uh, and, and invest in it in one click. And so that's kind of the vision here. Lots of funds that you can invest into with one click. You can understand the, the theme of, of the fund and what it's doing, but you don't necessarily have to like care about what's being executed on the back end. Awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, Lucas, if you have any questions, feel free to um, chime in here. But I guess I'll just ask a quick following up question. Uh, just very curious about the Nancy Pelosi uh, index fund you mentioned. Uh, yeah, probably not <laughs> going to talk anything like political here, but just curious, like, how do you guys uh, like build up this fund? Like, what's the technical aspect of that? Do you guys use like, you know, web scraping, things like that to get the information from her Twitter? Um, so, yeah, we do use web scraping, but uh, so Pelosi is a House representative and the Stock Act uh, was passed, I think, in 2017, which essentially required all senators and representatives to publicly uh, expose their in, uh, investing data. So what that means is that all of Pelosi's uh, like stock trades are public essentially that's what we're it's a little bit more nuanced in the sense that they give away they're required to disclose uh up to 45 days after so it's not uh necessarily incredibly fresh information that's posted to their uh to their data display um and the exact number of shares the exact quantity of like money they invest isn't disclosed it's a range but what we do is we use that uh, the data that that we're given, and we have a little bit of like a, of like a an educated kind of opinion on on that. Like uh, when we create the algorithms, we look at the high end of the range for all the stocks that they invest in, uh, and create our portfolio that way. A fun little insight from uh, our current uh, iteration of that fund actually is that Pelosi is invested about like twenty five percent in Microsoft. Which is crazy. Like she's got about uh, like fifteen stocks in the portfolio, and, a, and an entire quarter of the portfolio is Microsoft. About like sixty to seventy percent are like you know uh, high uh, tech stocks. Yeah, just jumping in here. Um, is that considered a high risk investment? So yeah, um, we actually uh, we have a risk score on our uh, on our website that. Uh, rates it from like one to five based on how risky our like algorithms and you know our qualitative opinion makes it out to be that one is about at, at about a uh, I, I think that's a, a two so it's uh, generally lower risk especially when you when you compare it to like crypto leverage nfts and so on and so forth but at like a 15 stock portfolio it's still quite uh concentrated especially with like the concentration in microsoft google um and i think uh work uh we work uh so they have a quite a bit of concentration and so that's why it's not necessarily like a one awesome thank you um i guess we can move the topic um a little bit um so you know, like recently we heard about all the news about um, inflation, like the official number right now is like 6.8%. But um, I would say most people think it's probably a little yeah. bit higher. Uh, let's just call it maybe like 
around 10%. Um, so that's um, based on my like very superficial understanding. It basically means that, you know, if your total asset or your salary income is not um, rising more than 10% every year, then you're essentially like um, losing money. Losing yeah. money. So I'm yeah. um, just curious, um, what are some of the strategies that especially, you know, young people can take to um, counter the inflation and how could, you know, Quantbase maybe help them? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I'm going to look at the single index leveraged fund that uh, if you look at the, the back test data, it's done quite well in uh, high inflationary environments like, uh, you know, the 70s and the early 80s. Um, obviously, that doesn't mean that like uh, so essentially in that uh, in that time period, it was invested in the S&P. Um, and like I think from what I've read, like uh, equities are a, are a great like inflation hedge, uh, at least compared to cash in the sense that like you want to be invested in equities uh, in, in time periods of high inflation. Uh, but, you know, every environment is different, especially in like you know, uh, every like high inflation environment is different, especially because we haven't had too many of them in the past. Um, you know, there, there's a number of things you can be invested in to to kind of counteract the effects of inflation, like a very equity focused portfolio or a crypto one. Um, I think the the understanding is just that like anything outside of cash is usually good for inflation. Yep, that sounds great. Thank you. Um, so we will just uh, hang out here for another one or two minutes while we do the conclusion here. So if uh, anyone, including the host and the listeners, have any questions, um, feel free to just speak up or use the calling queue. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you so much, Sam, for joining our show. We definitely learned a lot about high-risk investing. Um, just as a disclaimer, uh, everything we talk about here is just for the purpose of information and entertainment. You should always do your own research um, before your investment and only invest the amount of money you can afford to um, lose. So yeah, if you want to um, check out more about Quantbase, you can go to getquantbase.com. And um, I was browsing the web uh, just a few hours ago. So you guys are doing a pretty significant um, overhaul of the website uh, soon, right? Yeah, so uh, we just got our SEC registration a week and a half ago. Uh, so what that means is we can go from paper trading to live trading. Uh, so what we're doing right now is porting over all of our users that are on paper to, to live. That's a lengthy-ish process. So what that means is we've We've turned off new signups for the moment, but if folks want to get signed up, they can just reach out to us. We have a chat bar at the bottom of our site. So, you know, check out getquantbase.com, see if there's funds that you'd like to be invested in, and then uh, reach out through the chat. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, to some and also my co-host and the audience. Uh, wish you a happy holiday and hope to see you again soon next year. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Thanks, guys.